We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one. And by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. All right, so we continue our positional previews. Dennis Simmons, our one-on-one post-practice coming up here in just a bit, plus his meeting with the media. But as always, Toby Rowland joins us to help give perspective on that outside receiver's position. t there's a legacy, there's a history there at that receiver position, isn't it? Yeah, it seems like a baton that's been passed on year to year to year as to who the next great star is going to be at OU. And Marvin Mims kind of took that baton last year and burst onto the scene. And I think big things are expected from him this year, but um, they have a lot of options. It's one of the most intriguing things for me going into the season is who emerges to become playmakers for this team. I think Marvin is assumed, but in addition to him, 
you know, which of these five stars <laughs> of, of Jaden Hazelwood, Theo Weiss, Mario Williams, uh, Mike Woods, on and on and on. Which of these guys, we've heard a lot of really great things about Trey West in uh, fall camp that maybe he's going to factor in. Uh, which of these guys become starters? Which of these guys become major playmakers for this football team? You know who I'm excited about, T. Row, is, is I'm falling into the trap that I get mad sometimes at fans for, is I'll get mad, oh, you're, you're not focusing on the guys who have been in there. You're just focused on the new and you're focused on the fresh. And I get mad about that. Well, I'm excited about Mario Williams. I, I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. Maybe I'm falling into this trap, but man, he looked great in the spring game, and I think he's got an incredible amount of potential. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you too. I, um, I think he is. He's got the possibility to be a difference maker in so many ways. I think he's got a little Hollywood Brown in him. He's got a little. Oh, I hate to invoke the name Tyreek Hill. I know he went to another school in this state, but you know that kind of a a guy who can uh, who can beat you with jet sweeps, who can beat you from the slot, who can take a short pass and take take it the distance, who can go for the deep ball. You know, just nothing on the field. He's got electric quicks, uh, electric speed, and you got a quarterback who can really hum it too. So I think this is going to be a toy for Lincoln. Mario Williams is going to be a toy for Lincoln to try to figure out how many different ways he can get him the football and let his playmaking ability impact this team. Your thoughts on Jaden Hazelwood. You know, we're going to ask, and I guess we could throw in that Theo Wees. We got Theo Wees. We thought he had the breakout game in 2019. And, uh, and again, it, when 2020 came around, he struggled a little bit, but then also had that fantastic game against Texas, had some moments when he shined. Jaden Hazelwood has had a few catches, but I think we're still waiting for that emergence. They were part of a big-time class, right? You had three five-stars that came in. You feel like this might be a year where they can really make a statement. Sure, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know which of these many options will actually be the guys that become the go-to guys, but they are – definitely capable uh, Jaden Hazelwood physically is first round draft pick material I mean he's the size that you dream of at that position and we have seen in just flashes the last couple of years wow moments out of him amazing catches he had one in the spring game amazing catches um but he hasn't been able to stay healthy obviously right, right, so right He's going to have to stay on the field and develop that chemistry with, with Spencer and him working off of Marvin Mims, working off of Mario Williams, working off of Austin Stogner. I mean, wow, what an opportunity. He's probably not going to see a lot of double coverage, especially early in the year, because if you're going to double anybody, you're going to double Marvin Mims. So he's got a tremendous opportunity. Uh and the same could be said for Theo. Theo's played a little bit more. We have seen not just flashes, entire games when he's been tremendous. The Texas game last year, the Baylor game two years ago when he had two touchdowns, um, he, he's he got the capability as well. He's got to stay healthy. Um, he's got the size, the speed, the presence, everything you would want at that position. So 
absolutely these are opportunity it's kind of it kind of feels like make or break year years for those guys maybe not but it feels like all right this is the third year they've been here it's time if they're going to become stars for them to become stars and I, I see no reason why they can't do that all right, Tiro, uh, overall, just a general thought. We expect playmakers, right? And that's not Chris Plank and Toby Rowland as guys on the radio crew or as uh, the voice of the Sooners saying that. That's Lincoln Riley. He wants to see this receiving group step up, and it feels like the talent is in that room to make it happen. Yeah, and, and Lincoln has been hard on them, you know. I mean, they I think they dropped more touchdown passes than any wide receiving core in the country last year. So he's been on them about too many drops, too many crucial mistakes last year. Uh, need more yards after catch, all that kind of stuff. But this is not a position where you're looking around saying, "Boy, I wish we had it. Uh, I wish we had more talent." That is not the case. They are loaded for bear, and it's just a matter of who wants it the most. Thanks a lot, Toby. Dennis Simmons here, breaking down all things in that outside receivers room. Continue our positional previews, outside receivers. Dennis Simmons, coach overall. How do you feel about your room as a whole right now? I'm very excited about the room. Uh, you know, the guys have been working hard, not just through camp, but throughout the summer. Uh, so, I mean, the, you know, the mentality is, is right with the, uh, their, their minds in there, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do come game day. Talk about some individuals. As we were talking, Jane Hayeswood came by, called you the Blitnikoff whisperer, but uh, he's pretty special young man talent-wise. Is, is he healthy now? Is he winning Yeah, he's, he's back in full swing. Uh, you know, his body's looking good. He's, uh, you know, been able to get in and out of his brakes pretty quickly there. So, I mean, once again, I'm excited to see what he, he he's uh, – ready to put forth for this season as well as several of the other guys. You talked about wanting six to eight guys in your room. Now, was that six to eight guys that you, you feel comfortable putting out there just in general? You mentioned that in your press. Or what, why is that number so important to you? Because then that just means that, you know, our, our depth and our mentality from top to bottom in the room is, is, is at the same level and is at a high peak performance form ready to play and I, and I think if you know we get that you know with that many many guys you know no matter what comes about whether it's COVID whether it's injuries you know all of those guys are able to step in and ready to step in and fulfill. If you and again I know recruiting rankings are one thing but just from a pure talent perspective when you think about how Theo Weiss was viewed and how Jane Hazelwood was viewed and these young guys is this maybe as much talent as we've had in this outside receivers room? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, from top to bottom, the talent level is depth, uh, is there. I mean, now the question behold is, you know, we still got to get on the field and we still got to prove that and, and make that, you know, that expectation uh, become a reality. So, uh, you know, right now mentally they're all in a good space and, and ready to do that. You know, we've had some good days at practice. So, you know, I'm excited to see, see how it all shakes out. How has Theo progressed? Theo's been good. I mean, you know, he, he had to deal uh, in the spring with the with the foot, and he's back healthy and, and, and out here been ready to rock and roll. Um, Cody Jackson, the guy that we've heard quite a bit about, what have you seen from the youngster? You know, he's he's been a pleasant surprise this fall camp. He's playing fast. He, you know, he's looking, you know, like the Cody Jackson that we thought we would get once we got him here. And uh, Mario Williams, another guy that's uh, we got. We had a chance to see him flash a little bit the spring game. How have you seen him progress now in fall? Camp? You know his his whole thing. You know, going from spring to uh, to fall. You know, because you know he's he's capable of having those explosive paces. It's just being consistent and doing it down in and down out. And he's he's improved in that area. So once again, you know, I'm excited to see all of these guys. Uh, you know, Mario, Jaleel, Cody, Theo, Jaden. You know, I'm my. You know, I'm excited to see. You know, all of them. Uh, 
be able to get out here and showcase their talent. One more quick one. Is it necessary for one guy to emerge? Does there have to be a go-to CD type guy, or is it okay to have a group of guys? I think, you know, when you have a group of guys, it put more stress on the defense because, uh, you know, now you know you got to account for, for the masses as, as opposed to being able to try to game pan and take, take one individual away. Good luck, Coach. Thank you. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. I wanted to ask you about Mike Woods. Uh, can you talk about what he's added to your room and how he's looked so far through camp? Uh, he's added a lot of experience, uh, obviously. Uh, coming from a place where he had a lot of playing time and, uh, you know, serious playing time where he made some key plays in some big games. Uh, so he's added a lot of experience there. He's added some leadership there. And then he's just added, you know, he's a, uh, when you see him uh, actually getting out on the field and playing, he's a, a physically gifted kid, a very strong, uh, you know, he's got great hands and snatches the ball out of the air very aggressively. So, I mean, he's added a little bit of a mental toughness to the room as well. What kind of development have you seen out of Jaden Hazelwood uh, really since the, the end of last year? And what are some of the areas where you feel like he can make the biggest jump here this season? Well, the biggest thing that I saw or that has come out of uh, both the working toward the latter part of spring and, and all throughout summer is, you know, him getting healthy. Uh, you know, he was able to be released from working out with that brace on. So, you know, he was able to strengthen that leg and uh, get his body back into, you know, pre-injury form. So, I mean, that has been a huge plus for him. And then, uh, you know, along with Mike and, and Theo and a couple of the other guys, you know, him just taking ownership in the room and taking ownership at the position and, and trying to, you know, not just push himself every day, but encourages his teammates uh, and, and the other guys in the room. So that's been a tremendous plus for him. talented young receivers in that room. When they look and look at last year's film and see the impact that a freshman like Marvin Mims had for you guys, can they look at themselves and say, that's the type of player I can be, that's the type of way I can possibly contribute if given an opportunity? Well, you know, and honest with them, I think all of them coming here always visualize you know, each and every one of them having that success. So I don't know that the film from Marvin actually, you know, further you know, gives them that thought. I think they come in here with enough confidence and swagger about themselves that, you know, if given opportunity that I will make those plays. Good. You guys had three, uh, three or four really solid freshmen come in this past year, Mario Williams, Jalil Farouk, Tony uh, Jackson. What have you seen from them from the start of fall camp, spring, all that from up to this point? Well, Mario came in a very confident kid, uh, much like your question off the bat. So uh, with him, you know, you saw that, hey, I belong here. And he was playing at a faster tempo and a faster pace than most freshmen come in, much like, you know, we saw with uh, C.D. Lamb when he came in. Uh, Cody was a little bit not as assertive when he first got here. But since the spring is ended and throughout the summer, I mean, he has really stepped his game up and has been, you know, very, very much improved. Uh, and, wouldn't be surprised that you see him out on the field at some point, uh, you know, early on in the season uh, on Saturday. Uh, Jaleel was a kid that 
missed all of football due to COVID last year uh, in his high school and uh, came in in the summer. So he was a little bit behind as far as catching up. But, I mean, he is done, you know, from a physical standpoint. He has all of the tools that you would need. And he's done a, you know, done a decent job of, of, of trying to get the system down and, and not just getting it down but being able to process it and, and get out there and perform at a high level. Dennis, I uh, wanted to ask you about your relationship with uh, Martin Hooks. How is he as someone that's helped with recruiting or maybe helped with um, bringing Marvin Mims here? Oh, well, I mean, Margin and I uh, went to college together. Uh, I was a senior Margin's freshman year. So, I mean, we've known each other for a long time. Uh, he calls me, you know, with all of the guys that he trains and, you know, if there's someone that you know we're actively recruiting or somebody that we may look at that have crossed his paths, you know, I could he's a person that I could ask, you know, hey, what is this kid's character like? What is he like, you know, you know, getting in and out of his breaks and ask questions about him. You know, outside of that, I mean, me and Margin really don't talk as much uh, when it comes to terms of football. It's more just about, you know, two former teammates catching up. Dennis, it seems like all your great receivers, uh, you know, that come in and have impacts as freshmen. And we can go back to Mark Clayton, Ryan Boyles, and you know, but CD, you know, they do better their second year. What kind of a jump do you expect out of Marvin? He had such a great freshman year that he's going to do a second year. What should we, what should we expect out of him this year? I mean, uh, the sky's the limit for him. You know, obviously the game is going to slow down for him, uh, and you know, now. He knows the system. He knows, you know, not just what he does, but the complimentary routes and everything around him. So, I mean, the anxiety of it, of this every every week being his first is no longer there. He's able to really hone in and, and showcase his, still, his skills. So, I mean, I think, you know, that, that the same case will hold up for him. And, I mean, let's face it, in that room, I mean, you know, there's a lot of competition in, in my room. There's a lot of competition in, in, in Kel's room. There's a lot of competition in Joe John's room. So all of those guys every day are coming to work with that type of mentality that, hey, if I want to get these reps, then I, I got to do it, you know, Monday through th Tuesday or Monday through th uh, Friday and able to showcase it on Saturday. So that is that has helped not just my room, but that's helped the, the skill room in, in, in general. Receivers, what you do you feel most comfortable playing in the game? Do you like to have a certain number in rotation? Um, is that I'm sure it varies, but what would that look like in a perfect world? And what do you think this group could potentially do as far as a, a rotation in, in games this year? Well, in a perfect world, I mean, if you know, this is going to depend on how many times we're going to throw the ball compared to how many times we run it. But in a in a, in a perfect world, you know, you like to have. Uh, you know, for just my room along, a good rotation, I would say, you know, of six to eight guys ready to play. Uh, now, how many snaps each guy gets, you know, that obviously the game dictates that. But, I mean, in the perfect world, I would like to be able to, to go in a game where, you know, I got six to eight guys at, at any given point we could put out there and, and, and not miss a beat. How close do you feel to six or eight right now with this group? Very close. feel very good about our group. Coach, we know that uh, Spencer's the guy, and that's clear. But in terms of uh, Caleb, there have been some really great reports of what he's been doing. You see him. What, what's in store for him, and what, what do you see from just raw talent? 
Well, I'll be honest with you. I look more at the dudes that's receiving it than I do at him. And, uh, you know, our, our motto is our job is always to make those guys right. Uh, so with that being said, I mean, there, we've had some, you know, very successful uh, throwing days throughout camp. So I have no, no argument with what either he or, or Spencer are doing back there. want your guys to win every rep, but how have you seen that competition between your guys and the, the DBs? It's been a healthy, fair competition. I mean, uh, you know, they've they've gotten us in some drills, and we've gotten them in some drills. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, when you when you look at it, when you've been doing it for a while, when you have a successful program, those things are going to happen. Uh, the thing that I, I do give both sides credit is it hadn't been lopsided or one-sided where, you know, they just dominate the whole day. I mean, it's okay. You know, they may win this particular drill or this particular rep, but, you know, two plays later, then, you know, we're up and we're winning it. So, I mean, it's been, it's been good, good competition. Uh, you know, those guys, you know, they got talent over there too, and uh, they're competing. Hey, Dennis, uh, a guy that seems to be, I don't know, he didn't think he talked about as much. He was a five-star when he came in as well. What was the deal with these? How does he progress from like, last year, come back from his injury during the spring and, and all through fall camp? You know, him and Jaden got hit with the, with the injury bug, and both of them, you know, have worked their butts off over the summer to come back healthy. So, I mean, you know, I have a, you know, from a talent standpoint, you know, I have a pretty, pretty fruitful room uh, right now. So it'll be interesting to see how all of that shakes out and, you know, how all those guys take advantage of their opportunities. Dennis, we knew the summer was going to be crazy recruiting because the prospects would be able to visit. What is it about your personality that allows you to stay even keel through all the ups and downs? <laughs> Well, I don't know that I always stay even keel, but uh, if it appears that way, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you are who you are, and you try to do the best that you can and, you know, let these guys know that, hey, if you come here, that if I give you my word, my word is going to mean something, and I'm going to live and stand by it. And, I mean, at the end of the day, I, you know, I think all of these guys are just looking for opportunity to go and showcase their talent and, you know. We have a pretty good track record and a pretty good product of, of, of helping guys at this particular position be able to do so. So, I mean, you know, you win some, you lose some, and you try to hold on to them all. Back to James. How many of your guys can play inside and outside comfortably, in your opinion? I mean, you do, I, do you have guys that are just a lot, lot better outside and can't play? No, I think all of our guys in, in either room – both Kel or mine can, can multitask, you know, and go back and forth. And that's kind of the answer to her question, uh, you know, how many guys you look for being able to go into a game. I mean, you know, if you got eight, eight guys ready to go, I mean, we try to put our best four out there and then, you know, roll from there. So all of those guys are, are, are adequately equipped to be able to, to do both. You know, in this profession, you're always going to coach against friends on opposing teams. You always cross paths. But what was it like for you to see uh, Coach Sarkeesian get the job down in Texas? And talk a little bit about just being teammates at BYU. That that seems like that friendship goes back a long way. Yeah, I mean, you know, when Sark and I was at BYU, it was, you know, you know, first of all, going to BYU, not being LDS, is is a different different deal within itself. And you know. 
both of us being there and, and, and not being a part of the religious affiliation, I mean, you, you, you tend to gravitate toward those guys, which is why Margin and I became such good friends there. You know, we, we tend to, that's who you tend to hang with and, you know, kind of help each other out. Uh, and then, you know, we both, uh, Stark and I both got into the coaching profession pretty early after our playing career. So, I mean, we've always rooted for one another. Uh, you know, I was happy when he got the job at Washington. I was happy when he got the job at USC. And, of course, elated that he got the job at Texas. Uh, you know, I hope he does well all but one game a year. But, you know, other than that, shoot, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a Sark fan. Uh, you know, I want to see him, see him do well and have all of the confidence in the world that he will. Yeah, Lincoln talked about Marvin being more vocal this year. How important is that? Is it important for him to, to maybe be a little more vocal with his teammates? I think it's important in the sense that, you know, Marvin is more of a reserved guy by nature. So when he does speak and when he does, you know, decide to, to say something, I think it, it carries more weight because those guys are like, whoa, okay, if he's talking, then something really must be up and we really got to take heed to what he's saying. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network.